Welcome to the Black Doctor Collective Podcast. We as Black doctors are in a unique position. We can change our communities, healthcare, and the world. Of course, we start by changing the way we see and value ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Shanika Horn, pediatrician and physician coach, travel extraordinaire. I am so happy to have you here and listening. So let's get into it. Hello, welcome back everyone to the Black Doctor Collective podcast. This week we have a special guest. We have Dr. Amanda Atkins, MD. She's a double board certified internal med and lifestyle medicine physician. She's also the health coach and owner of Enlightenment Health and Wealth. So Dr. Amanda has a deep passion for ensuring that everyone has a chance at a healthy and happy life. Her most recent focus has been to help women who are overweight prevent and possibly reverse chronic illnesses such as diabetes, heart disease, and high blood pressure. Both through her medical and personal experience, she knows how our lifestyle can lead to remarkable changes in our health and our ability to fulfill God's will for our lives. Dr. Amanda is also an author and has recently had her chapter published in Made for More. So you guys should check out that book. It's filled with physician stories. Excellent read. So welcome, Dr. Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk with you today. (laughs) Yes, me too. Okay. So, you know, I just get right into the tea. I want to know your story. I want you to share it with everyone. Tell us about how you got into medicine and what your journey was like becoming an IM physician. Yes. So my journey starts probably like a lot of people when you were younger, you grew up and uh, knew you wanted to be a, a doctor. Um, I can tell people, uh, one person thought it was just very interesting that initially I wanted to be a math teacher because I <laughs> love math, like all through um, elementary school. But then in sixth grade, our um, teacher taught us about how the cardiovascular system worked. And it was uh, a time where during health class, he placed like a um, a map of a heart down on the ground and the uh, students, including me, got to flow and walk through just like we were flowing like the blood that goes, you know, away from the heart and towards the heart. That's and so cool. There, yeah, right. I was like the interactive and I was like, I'll just shout out to my sixth grade teacher, Dr. Ivy or Mr. Ivy, um, not Dr. We, Ivy, Mr. We, Ivy. <laughs> well, we love good teachers, Mr. Ivy. So thank you. Yes. So that opened my eyes to um, just how the human body worked because no one in my family was in the healthcare field at all. You know, I didn't know anything or how to get there or anything. Um, So once I learned about that, I was like, oh, I want to look into, you know, being a a doctor Um, just because I was fascinated with the human body. Um, So I actually, um, I was, you know, the nerdy kid. So I went to the library and looked up, you know, how do you become a doctor? Yeah. (laughs) You know, what did you do? What what type of money do they make? Because, you know, I had no idea Um, at that time. um, I remember going to the library because this was, you know, before Google and all that kind of stuff. um, And, you know, pulling out the card catalogs and looking up stuff and um, seeing because initially I was like, okay, cardiology, since I learned about the heart. Um, and at the time they made like $90,000 a year or something like that. Um, so that was probably like in the eighties or something. <clears throat> and so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I'll go through that. Um, so from then on, I was just focused on, you know, what did I need to do to first get into college and 
pre-med and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Cause like I said, I had no idea. Um, MCAT, you know, just, just kind of flying by the seat of my pants because <laughs> no, nobody could direct me. I had to, you know, go look nope. it up. And like I said, it's not Google. <laughs> you had to actually go to the library and, and try to find these things. And I could say by the grace of God, I made it <laughs> through right. um, without um, anyone's, uh, I can't say anyone's help because, you know, time I got to college, I had advisors Mm-hmm. Um, and actually going to a small school, Northern Kentucky University, um, actually transferred there after my initial university said they weren't actually, uh, successful in getting people into graduate schools. Wow. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and switch on out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was the, the youngest of three. So I was kind of, you know, s- scared to step out on my own, but um, that was actually also God-given because that school in Northern Kentucky had a relationship with the University of Louisville School of Medicine, which I, that's where I ended up going. And they mm-hmm. actually um, had scholarships for minority students. So I came out of school with, you know, less debt than uh, most people under 100000 So I was like, whoo, you know, that, yeah. that was a good thing. Um, and it, it, was, it was very hard. Um, and I was just like, because I didn't have anything else in mind, I was just like, I just got to keep going. So um, <laughs> everything there. It, uh, so I'm, I'm sure other people have like a similar story where it's just like, it's just like you, you have you have no backup plan. You just keep going and, <laughs> and it, it eventually works out. And like I said, I just um, at this point know that I was meant to be here because I look at other people at this point in time and that like they have all the you know, access that you would think in the world and they, they're still, um, unfortunately, you know, did not make it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. Um, so that was, you know, my life in a whirlwind of, <laughs> uh, from, uh, elementary school to, um, to becoming a physician. So internal medicine I did because again, initially I love, um, uh, cardiology and, um, heart. Um, and then um, actually when I was in residency, I just fell in love with endocrinology and women's health. And nice. I was just like, okay, it's so many things that I can do. And Choices, so then, I, yeah. yep. so then I, I stuck with internal medicine. Um, I did try for a fellowship in endocrinology. Unfortunately, did not get that. But um, then later on, so let's see now lifestyle medicine, which I just became board certified in December. Nice. And Congrats. it was, yes, thank you. Thank you. And that's actually after, let's see, I finished internal medicine in 2009, so 2022. Um, but again, it was it was meant to be like lifestyle medicine is what I actually was looking for, you know, all this time because of my own health journey yeah. and what I was looking for for myself. Yeah. So um, again, everything works out um, how it's supposed to. So. Um, now I'm, I'm trying to focus more on lifestyle medicine. I love that. I love the idea of like, if you just keep going, you will be successful, which I think people undervalue, but honestly, you just have to kind of keep going. Yes. yes. And I also love the, the message. I feel like they're just two subliminal messages, keep going. And then not everything that like not every door that closes is like a bad thing. So the fact that, okay, you didn't go into endocrinology, but then lifestyle medicine, which is now, I think more gro- like growing more right. um, is the thing that actually turned out that was supposed to be for you. So probably at the time you were not excited to not go into endocrine and now you're like, but 
I'm on the path now. So yeah, that worked yeah. out really nicely. Right. Because I love diabetes and what can I do in lifestyle medicine is to help people with diabetes. So right. <laughs> that is, yes, perfect. yes. Okay. So you are, you become an attending and I am, and you're practicing. How did you find attending life? Ooh, that, <laughs> that was a whole thing. I actually wrote about that. Um, the first part of my chapter in the book, how it was, oh, yes. um, I said it was more like, um, in my, actually my resident, um, one of my, uh, faculty in residency, he actually said that to me. Um, and I shot it. I, I, so I told him, I said, yeah, you know, my first uh, sentence in the book is something that you told me when I was a third mm-hmm. year, like the, um, the light at the end of the tunnel may not be, you know, freedom. It may be an oncoming, oncoming train. Yes. <laughs> I was so, like this, and that was an immediate hook. I was reading this chapter and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're in the way. Oh man. So I was like, when he said that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like you have to be living the life like now because you're out of you know training you get to do what you want you know you get to practice how you want and that is not the case (laughs) and I even went into um private practice uh it was a group practice but um but it was still very structured and you had to you know you really had to ramp up you had to still see so many patients you had to go and Mm -hmm. you know coming from a resident to where you're like oh, you know, I'll check with my attending to see what I'll do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll see, and, you know, I only had to see like eight patients and, you know, now I'm seeing like 18 to 20. And it's just like, I was taking, you know, work home and it was like, this is not the life I envisioned at all, you know? And I was like, I plan on, you know, going to lunch with my friends, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. It, It was not happening, you know? So it it was it was a eye opener to like see how oh my gosh I spent you know since I was twelve years old to get here and I arrive and I'm like are you kidding me like this is <laughs> not what I signed up for <laughs> this is it's not what I signed up for it was I mean it it was just it was uh, still just thinking about it, it's like so much to get done um, so much pressure that you had to perform. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm here to help the the patients. Um, and even, mm-hmm. you know, some of the patients, you were like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> this is yes. not, this is not who I, I thought I was helping, you know, they're yeah. very, very aggressive at times, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, even now, you know, people come in, like I said, especially with, um, I'm using Google a lot, but they come in and say, you know, I want this, this, and this done, like it's right. a, I mean, I'm not trying to dictate you, but you don't dictate me either. So it's, yes. you know, I was like, it's a, you know, shared relationship. We wanted to make shared uh, decisions, but um, it, it, it's, it was very eye-opening and, and still to, to this day, but because of entrepreneurship and, you know, filling out my own path in this, um, this world of medicine and actually finding lifestyle medicine to where I'm attracting the patients that actually want to have those changes in their own health that is making it more satisfying um to actually practice medicine and actually help people again like what I initially envisioned so yeah I mean I think that's a good point that we have an idea of a how we think we're going to (laughs) practice 
<laughs> and B, how the people are going to see us, right? Because mm-hmm. you went into medicine knowing that doctors were prestigious, were well-respected. And then you get here and you're like, I am a workhorse. Nobody respects me. <laughs> like, right. From from both ends. Yeah. Like, like coming in and saying, Amanda, Miss Atkins, that kind of. Oh, yeah. I'm not calling you by your first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. so the the other thing I think is that patients are frustrated especially because I mean things that are like outside of our actual realm of practice right like wait times being able to reach the office the way the system is set up for phone calls like there's all these these hurdles to getting access to the doctor so by the time they get to us they're like super frustrated or they've already googled they went to Dr. Google and Dr. Google and WebMD told them that this is what they have and they just want to get in and get out. So you see that frustration. And the thing is, nobody realizes we don't have as much power as they think that we have. Right. Yes. Yeah. That That's interesting. You say that too, because I have patients come in and say, you know, I couldn't, you know, I tried to contact you or I sent you an email or I had to wait in this line. And I'm just like, I have no idea what goes on outside of these two rooms. Okay. Yes. I have no control. Um, Cause I'm no longer in private practice. I actually work right. for a different organization now. So I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're here now. So what can we do, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to, you know, steer the conversation, but um, I can definitely tell them like from the patient side, um, because I tell them I'm a patient, you know, somewhere too. And yeah. then also from the physician, physician side saying, so it's things that goes on behind the scenes that you may not understand that's going on that we're definitely trying to work on your behalf, mm-hmm. um, but that you may not see, but it is definitely frustrating because like you said, you see a wall there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to let them know that, um, but you know, some, some definitely get it after, you know, we talk through that, but then, you know, I tell them we have 20 minutes and we spent, you know, five, eight minutes talking about these you know, administrative things. And now you want to talk another 20 minutes, but now I'm stressed because I have to move on to the next person. (laughs) Oh man. It's just a terrible cycle. And so, okay. So finding that, you know, medicine was not exactly being practiced in the way that you identified with, what did you feel like was your best option? So, oh my gosh, I went through a lot of things initially. So I actually uh, stuck my feet in uh, network marketing um, because I was like, I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to be free. Um, So it was talking about, you know, taking trips because I, you know, I always wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. So I did that. So that was my first step out of medicine into entrepreneurship. And I would say that that actually gave me a little confidence um, to be a little bit bolder with talking about things uh, for any any aspect. Um, and actually, from there, I started um, a website that um, is no longer there, but it was um, called Enlightenment Runner um, okay. because um, I started running when I first got out of um, um, residency into actually practicing because that was my way of decreasing stress and. Nice. And my sister is a big um, fitness person. So I was actually oh. living near her and uh, we would go out and I ran my first, well, I should say ran walk my first half marathon. <laughs> it's and a then with her, that counts. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then with, with her I've done several half marathons um, nice. from there. Um, and so I was like, that was a good way again steering that I didn't know I was going to go into lifestyle medicine, but that was a way that I was going to keep my own health going 
mm-hmm. and to prevent illnesses that ran in my family like I try to prevent now so yeah again each step of the way I'm just like okay so I had that I was doing a little blog um trying to you know figure it out and technology is not my thing so <laughs> so that kind of went to the wayside because I was like I have no idea how to keep this website going uh, the yeah. SEOs and how to show um, up on the system and I was going to yes. try to you know get um advertisers um because I'm you know um heavier chested so I was trying to find you know running uh bras and sports bras like that to try to uh, promote but uh again when you have medicine that you're working full-time trying to get Mm -hmm. that going that that kind of went went downhill but but again it it still it was another stepping stone some things I needed to learn about entrepreneurship just to keep going um Mm -hmm. and you know find find where I would actually fit in so you have to try several different things maybe before you find what works for you so yeah yeah I like the option of exploring because that's, you know, the first thing people think is, hey, what else can I do? Right. So it's good to see like, okay, you tried a couple of things and the freedom to, to do that. Cause mm-hmm. some people don't try anything because they feel like, well, I have to stay in medicine. So it's nice to hear that, like, you know, you dabbled in a couple of different options and you were yes. trying to figure it out. Cause we need that permission. Like we need to hear it, that that right. is an option. Like, Going into medicine is a huge investment. So anything that takes you out of that, people feel, what's the good word? Like very apprehensive about stepping outside of that. So nice to hear that. Okay, so then you tried all these things. You kind of started moving, you know, more towards your own lifestyle improvements. What got you into lifestyle medicine? Like, how did you discover this was an option? So that's, that's interesting too. It's actually one of my patients and I have the book here that I think the first one I got, he told me about uh, Dr. Joel Furman. I don't know. It's probably with my background. You can't see it, but it's called um, eat to live. And he, he was one of my patients when I first um, started out, he was like, Oh, I followed this doctor because you know, he had heart disease. He was like, I don't want to be on all these medications. And I know there's things Mm -hmm. I can do. And that was a theme I was starting to hear my first, I would say five years in practice is what else can I do besides medicine? I don't want to take all these medications. Well, I was like, I don't know what else you can do. You know, (laughs) we were taught to, you know, diagnose and prescribe, you know, internal medicine. You come to me, I'm going to give you a prescription. Um, And so we have to do, you know, CMEs. And so I was out trying to find things I can do to travel again, trying to fit that in. And there was a nutrition conference uh, place uh, put on by Mayo Clinic in Arizona. Oh, nice. And so I always wanted to live in Arizona. I love the heat. So I was like, I'm going to this, you know, use my CME credits and all that. Um, and there was a doctor there that said, you cannot out you cannot out exercise a bad diet. Yeah. People need to hear that. Say that again. (laughs) I know I needed to hear that. That's why it stuck with me. I don't remember anything else from that conference, (laughs) but that thing. No, that's not true. Um, But uh, he said, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, you know, so I was like, so what is this, what is this diet that, you know, you have to, you know, make sure you follow that you cannot out-exercise because that's what I've been doing this whole time. I didn't tell my story of like being overweight as a teenager 
Mm -hmm. And um, then starting to exercise, saving my lunch money to get exercise equipment, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then like when he said that, like I said, I was a runner um, also mm -hmm. and just trying to figure out how to lose weight, but not actually changing what was going on internally. Like the weight mm -hmm. would come down, but what was changing internally? Right. And it still took me a few years to connect. You cannot out, out exercise a bad diet to Dr. Joel Furman to then going on to lifestyle medicine. So mm -hmm. they, they were all there connected there because that physician actually is in lifestyle medicine. And that's what he was referring to more of a plant predominant uh, diet that is, is um, the, the uh, cornerstone of lifestyle medicine. So again, I say all these things work together and they come around to the, the point to where I am today. So you're reading this book. Tell me the name of the book again. Uh, Eat to Live. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, you're reading the book, you're at this conference, you're learning all the things. And so I said, I, I didn't put together the, what my uh, patient was telling me about uh, how uh, nutrition actually links to a lot of illnesses and that if you change your lifestyle, your nutrition, how you can prevent and or reverse these illnesses that like I said, let, led me to lifestyle medicine. It still took several years for me to actually figure out that lifestyle medicine was a thing. Um, I believe it actually started around 2014. So it wasn't like when I was a resident that that was available. Um, so it's still relatively new. We probably have under, I know it's under 10,000 practitioners under, I know it's under 5,000 physicians that are actually certified in lifestyle medicine. So that's just, again, something that we're trying to push more. Um, but again, this was something I was looking for in my own life, not necessarily what I was trying to have patients do, because again, I'm a big advocate of my own health and wanting to not have the illnesses that my, my grandparents had. So when I found this, you know, I was just, you know, learning for, for myself um, and going all these different stages again, trying to find, I actually looked at uh, functional medicine. I actually looked at homeopathic medicine. So again, you have to kind of dabble and see, you know, what actually is it that actually sparks um, something in yourself, spark that passion. And I was like, oh, these are okay, but there's not exactly what I'm looking for. And then once I actually saw lifestyle medicine, I said, this is it. That's perfect. Can you tell us, I guess, a little bit about what the crux of lifestyle medicine, obviously like healthier diet, exercise, reducing your ability mm -hmm. to take medicine, but kind of give us like, for people who don't know really what it is, or maybe doctors who are interested in, in kind of going down that path, can you give us like a little sum of what it is? Yes. So it's six pillars to lifestyle medicine. And like I said, the first part um, that drew me to it was a plant predominant nutrition pattern. Exercise is the second thing. Sleep, um, because we forget about sleep, how important sleep is to our health. Stress management, um, reduction of risky substances like uh, tobacco and alcohol use, and then social connections. So uh, we always forget that that's a big part of it. We Well, we learned more about that with COVID, um, of how when people were isolated, how that actually made their health worse. But that's um, the six things that we focus on in lifestyle medicine. Um, I can tell people that in regular practice, it is very tricky because you need a, a robust team to get all six pillars in there. And also the time 
um, that regular corporate medicine uh, may not allow. And again, that's again, a branch that why I went off and doing my own thing and having the company and the health coaching to be able to pull all those six aspects together. Nice. Okay. So tell us about your company and the coaching and yeah, tell us all of the team. Yeah. So um, my company is called Enlightenment Health and Wealth, as you um, heard. And again, Enlightenment Runner, okay. how it started, uh, me being a runner um, and pulling that nutrition piece into it. Um, and again, it branched off from patients just asking, what else can I do besides medication? And I can ramble off, you know, a few things for them to do, give them a little handout, but it still was like they need more um, handholding yeah. um, to actually get through. And a lot of people that actually have, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, it is a huge nutrition piece. Yeah. Um, so that's why I built the company um, and actually work with uh, people. I started out with doing um, five day, what I call a detox program, mm -hmm. where it was purely plant-based eating and just um, for people to, you know, get their toes, you know, in the water a bit, because yeah. sometimes, especially in the African-American community, when you tell them they can't eat meat, <laughs> they freak out, they freak out like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? So just, <laughs> just to show that it is something that you can feel better and in just five days. So yeah. a lot of people were feeling that result and uh, noticing the difference. And so they're like a more open to it. Now they may not go completely plant-based um diet but it can be to where it's predominantly plant-based yeah. so where they may eat a little bit of meat but still adding in more of those fruits and vegetables and still how it can actually help their health overall um definitely with weight loss but it also helps you know with blood pressure your sleep your skin your joint aches that people complain of you know all sorts of things that people are just seeing in just the five days um now i'm uh, uh transitioning more to private coaching so that way people can actually get off medication that they're on um, to really go dive deeper into the nutrition piece um, and then building on those other five pillars from the nutrition. Yeah, I love, love that you mentioned handouts because you know we love a handout, right? It's like we can't fit in all the patient education. Let me just print out something real fast. Give it to somebody. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, I have, no. to, I have to actually fit this piece into because you talked about handout. I had a patient recently that I told them to read a book. It's um, the other book that I have. I told them I use it more as a reference. Is uh, How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, who's also mm -hmm. big in lifestyle medicine. And she said she came back and saw me like three months afterwards. She said. After I left that visit, I was thinking to myself, I need to find a new doctor because she told me to read a book. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so she said, but it, a couple months later, I decided to look it up and read the chapter on diabetes because she had type one diabetes. And I told her how she can get her blood sugars a little bit better controlled. And she said, it was very eye opening. I've never been taught about diabetes in this aspect. Mm. And I'm glad that you told me about the book. So um, I'm reaching out, like if there's any non-physicians out there, patients that, that your doctor actually recommends something like they're telling you that because they definitely want to help out <laughs> and we don't have time to go through like a whole book review right. <laughs> in the, in the um, uh, appointment. But that was, um, you know, I told her, I said, thank you so much for actually admitting that to me, because mm -hmm. I probably have a lot of people that think that and never, and never are open. So I'm going to use you an example as an example right. to say, you know, 
that these things I'm asking you to read is um, because we don't have time in here, but it definitely is going to help with your overall health. I'm not just giving you a book to get you out of here. <laughs> I love that she was really honest and gave you good feedback yes, on that. Yes, I was. I was like, thank you. Yeah. Because like, if you don't tell me that, I'm just thinking that everybody's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to go read these books. Right. Cause I mean, I have like my little lifestyle uh, medicine prescription pad. Yeah. Like it's not about medicine, but it's about things that you should be doing, you know? So yes. that was good I'm loving all these reactions from like not eating meat they're like wait hold on what (laughs) so like no she didn't tell me to go read a book (laughs) very you're not used to it I guess but it's good because people really do need to be educated on nutrition and nutrition is such a lacking part of medical curriculum yes yes they're actually starting to do better now, but I was like, I don't remember one course. They they claim that we get four hours of nutrition training. <laughs> four hours. In school. Can you imagine? It. Yeah, four. <laughs> I was like, what? What were those four hours? Because evidently it wasn't it wasn't that important. Because I don't remember it. <laughs> I vaguely think I had a nutrition class, but I don't remember much of it. Yeah, I feel like right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of what I learned about nutrition I didn't learn in med school. So, <laughs> yes, and, and hence the reason I went to that nutrition conference in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally makes sense. And I love that. Okay. So what are you coaching on? You're coaching on lifestyle medicine. Are you coaching? Who's your, your population? Who do you talk to? Who do you help? So mostly women of color um, that either have high blood pressure or diabetes or that are overweight that are at risk for those two illnesses. Okay. So those are the, the big ones that I really focus on, um, again, by my own um, bias and prejudice, because that's um, what's in my family. So that's what I'm really passionate yeah. about um, and how I see that most, especially African-Americans are affected by these illnesses. And that nutrition is key for them. I just believe that deeply that uh, if we can actually change what we're eating, it will actually change those, um, uh, those uh, how people are actually controlling their blood pressures and even get off medication because it, it's, it's uh, very ridiculous of how many medications some of these people are yeah. on. And, and I even tell them this in the, in the office um, outside of my coaching is like, you don't have to be on all these medications. And then I like, I always ask people, what are you eating? And bacon and sausage. All the time. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, I even had, I even had a patient recently that has both of these illnesses. It's actually a male, but I still use it as an example. Um, he was like, oh yeah, but doc, I eat turkey bacon. I said, <laughs> You're like all that stuff. That's what I, I said. What? He said, well, that isn't that healthier. I said, compared to what? Right. <laughs> depend on what we're comparing it to if you okay yes better than pork and that's the big marketing push right oh yeah have the turkey bacon instead of the pork bacon but I was like but it's not better than you know our beans and and veggies and fruit so you know we're not and he was like you got me doc okay I I got it I got it (laughs) so so that's a big thing I I remember in college switching to turkey bacon and feeling like I was doing it I was like I'm on top of this health stuff I have switched to turkey bacon you guys don't even know and then I read the label and I was like wait what like marketing is key right like they're huge tell me about it oh my goodness I'm like the way they market food in this country it's so insane and 
And when I go to the supermarket, I'm literally overwhelmed by the amount of processed food. Mm-hmm. Like every aisle, like only the end caps, right. right? Like the produce section on one end and like whatever's on right. the other end, but everything in the middle is something yes. that's processed. Yes. And, and that that's something big too, that there's an aspect of lifestyle medicine that's really trying to push for food, that what we eat is actually real yeah. food. Um, yeah. that, that goes beyond my understanding at this point in time, but, uh, they definitely have an aspect of that for if someone's very passionate, if you're looking into lifestyle medicine that they have, they definitely have that piece. But like you said, like what, what we think, like me growing up on cheese puffs, Cheetos, you know, stuff oh, like yeah. that, that just kind of, you're like, what exactly is this? This is manufactured mm. somewhere. It doesn't grow out of the ground. Nope. And a lot of people mention that too, also, because they always say, well, you know, growing up, my grandparents were able to eat, you know, these types of foods. And I was like, what what they ate and what we have now is totally different. Like totally. they didn't have this type of grocery stores that they have all that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a big thing uh, for people to push for also um, when they're talking about healthy eating uh, and cost, because they're mm. always like, well, it's better for me to buy, you know, some hot dogs and you know, Cheetos and things like that uh, compared to, you know, salad and right. uh, fruit and why it costs so much. So, so in my health program, we talk about that too, cost of food and, and how to uh, change your, your mind and how you're focusing on different things. So oh, that's excellent because I know that that is a big deal going to the supermarket. There's definitely a level of supermarket overwhelm mm-hmm. and depending on where you live, because I've definitely lived in some food deserts where you go in the supermarket and the produce section is one little sad bin of wilted, wilted produce and yeah. the rest of the store is like spam and other <laughs> canned right. meats that are canned. filled with salt. Yeah. So it's nice to like have that information about like how to shop and what is cost effective. That's super yes. important. That's definitely something that we should learn. Have you thought about teaching this to other doctors? Because, you know, I feel like... <laughs> Teaching, teaching about uh, food costs. Yeah, I've, I've not doing a little webinar, a little course. I would take that class. I have not thought about that, but that that may have to be wrote <laughs> down somewhere and put put down. Like I, I'm always open to how, how to get more education out for people, but that's interesting. Yeah, especially for like doctors of color mm-hmm. who are seeing patients of color, and because you know, like. The diet in our communities like looks a certain way. There's mm-hmm. definitely food that's very cultural. So just having that like cultural input mm-hmm. around food and just being like, this is the better alternative. Cause I always tell them like, I, you know, I trained like motivational interviewing, right? So you yeah. ask the patient what they want to change, right? And like, what's feasible to them. And I always say like, I could tell you to eat carrots, right. but if you don't even like carrots, you're just going to say, okay, doc, and you're going to leave. And you will have Mm -hmm. changed nothing. So it's like really important for them to pick the things, but it's also really helpful to just know like, okay, this is something that comes up. This this is a commonly ate food and this is how you can change it. Yeah. So I love all of the things you're teaching about. And I definitely think you should do a (laughs) class on it. (laughs) I will. I would definitely consider, I would definitely consider that. That is, that's so true. I would take that. I love that. Okay. So where can the good people find you? <laughs> so I uh, steer people to my website from there. You can find me anywhere. Uh, so it's uh, dramandamd.com. 
Um, I also have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Dr. Amanda Atkins, and also on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Amanda Atkins. So I'm on all those places. Perfect. Okay. And I will include all of those in the show notes. So anybody looking for Dr. Amanda, you'll be able to find her. No excuses. You know, everyone's always on the new year, new me pledge. It's May. And I know everyone's been giving up their resolution for the year already. So it's nice to be able to follow some doctors who are doing the right thing and promoting this message that maybe we can do this throughout the entire year. So just in January for the first day. (laughs) Yes. The whole lifestyle. (laughs) We're changing your lifestyle. (laughs) Yes. And that's super important, right? It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. A lifestyle change. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. I love all of the things that you're working on. And I think I will be looking at your YouTube as well, because I, I need some tips myself. And it's nice to share that. I have so many teenagers that come in with gastritis from hot Cheetos, amongst other things. Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) Oh, all of the knowledge I can take and impart onto other people, I will take it. <laughs> I love it. So what's next for you? So um, at this point in time, I'm just, you know, working on the, the private coaching. Um, everyone is always asking me to write my own book with nutrition. Um, yeah. So I was like, that may be down the road a ways. Because um, I'm just, like I said, trying to focus and get as many people that to know about lifestyle medicine and know that they do not have to take you know, a whole list full of medications um, and just, just be free from that. Like, uh, because it's, it's still amazing to me because I've been going so deep within that a lot of people are like, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Right. Um, So I'm just trying to get the word out. So I'm going to talk to as many people as I can. So again, thank you for having me. Yeah. I mean, I'm a whole physician and I probably only heard of lifestyle medicine last year. So That is just to tell you that we need more information and I'm so glad you were able to come and talk about it and talk about the pillars and the work that you're doing. I know for sure there are people that are going to be interested in this. So it's key. We spread the word. We're changing lives. We're living longer lives. We already know about the health patterns of Black people in this country, the morbidity, mortality And if we could do stuff to reverse that and to take less meds, which, you know, people don't like to take meds anyway. (laughs) Exactly. That is key. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, for being a guest. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I enjoy talking with you. I appreciate you having me. Yes. So everybody, please go to DrAmandaMD.com or check her out on Instagram. Again, all the links will be in the show notes. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And what I want you to do next is write a review. I'm going to make this so easy for you. Just go ahead and give me five stars, but also leave a comment that tells me how we can be off the charts. I want you to link us everywhere you can. Instagram at The Black Doctor, The Black Doctor website to join our newsletter. Just become part of our collective. I want you here. Thanks. Until next time. Bye.